Welcome back to the Chasing Tone Podcast. Today I bring you another special tone tip segment of the podcast titled Five Things, excuse me, Five Mistakes Some Gigging Guitarists Make. So with that, let's jump right into this. This is from a YouTube video I released uh, just last week, actually. So let's jump on into it. Well, hello there. I've watched a couple of local bands here lately, and uh, even a praise and worship band that I saw. And I saw, I've, I'm noticing sort of a few minor mistakes, what may seem minor, they're unintentional for sure. I think it would be a good video to kind of tackle those problems head on really see what we can do to change those problems uh, in order to get better tone for yourself and better tone within the context of the band. Let's take a close look at a couple of different things that uh, gigging guitarists might accidentally do by mistake. The first thing is mic technique. It's very common whenever a, a player is in a club or whether you're at church or wherever you're playing, where you just throw a mic in front of the cabinet. You might even drape it over the front. Sometimes it works depending on the mic, sometimes it doesn't. And I'll explain that more in a minute, uh, but I think that's a very critical thing to take into account. Uh, most of us are used to, you know, having the amp kind of pointed at our feet. And so what your ears are hearing is something that's a little bit darker than what it really is to a microphone in front of the speaker. If you use an amp stand that points towards your ears, that can help to... Um, sort of get you more of a more accurate sound of what the microphone is going to some way hear or pick up. I personally don't like amp stands that much just because I like to, um, I, I just like to feel the, the floor rumble behind me. And I, I just, I'm so used to the sound hitting the back of my legs. I know to adjust for that in the way I'm setting things up. And when I am setting things up, I'll actually kind of stick my head a little bit down closer to the speakers to make sure that it's not too dark or too bright or whatever. But I have noticed that um, when, when someone isn't setting their amp up in that capacity. Uh, if you sit in front of the amp, sometimes it's so bright, it just about knocks you backwards. Let's do a little demonstration of that, and I'll explain that in a little bit more depth. Now, one of my favorite miking techniques in general, if I can get away with it, is to use a ribbon mic of some sort on one side and a 57 on the other, and combine those two. I think that works great. However, if they're different distances, then you can get a, a little bit of a phase problem. So you may have to compensate by moving the 57 back, moving the ribbon a little bit closer if you can. Also on a stage, you'll get a lot of rumble from, from a uh, ribbon mic. It just, uh, it picks up a lot of sound. So that can be a problem on stage. So as a result, a lot of guys will just go with something like a 57 or um, even something a little bit more like this, which is, uh, this is Sennheiser, E609. I think they have a 906 as well. That's a little bit, little bit better. Somewhat similar, but a little bit better. Um, these mics are made to hang in front of the amp, like this. Now you don't have to. You don't have to do that. You can, you can put it on a stand, and that's just fine. But a lot of guys like to drape it, uh, just like this. So the problem with putting it like this on a 212 cabinet, of course. So you got a speaker right there, and you got a speaker right there. So basically, you got plywood right there that it's trying to pick up sound from. And these are very directional. It, it's, uh, it's not going to pick up too much sound from the sides of it. It's really wanting to pick up sound right from, right from the front of it. And it's marked front, in case you weren't aware. Um, and, you know, a lot of guys like to 
kind of loop it through the handle like that. Um, others will take it underneath the amp as well. And they'll, uh, if I can get it with one hand, maybe hang it over to the side and hope it's good. Now being very directional, where it's at on that speaker, and I've done this in other, showed this in other videos, it's very, very dependent. So if you're on the center of the speaker, it's pretty bright. As you move to the outer part of the speaker, it gets darker. So that can change your sound quite a bit, just based on where that's hanging from. Um, one of the things I like to do with cabinets that I'll gig with, this obviously is uh, my show cabinet, so I don't like to put marks on it. But here's a good example. So this is my Fender Hot Rod Deluxe. And you can see I have two different spots. One if I want a little bit brighter, one if I want it a little bit darker, really kind of based on what the other guitar player, how his setup is. Um, so I don't want to clash with him. I'll demonstrate that here in a minute as well. But you can kind of see I just took a marker and kind of marked where I want the center of that microphone to hit. I've also seen this problem with 57s. I've seen a guy, guys that will drape them just hang them down below like that. The problem with 57s and 58s and a lot of these type of microphones, um, the sound is getting picked up right from the front. And it's, again, it's very directional. So it's basically picking up the sound that's bouncing off the floor, which makes it a lot darker. And not that you can't get good sounds that way. It's just, uh, it's not, not really what you're hearing if you're sitting in front of the amp like this. And um, it, it can tend to... Uh, it can tend to make your mix dark, and if you're hearing it in the monitors, then you might want to turn your highs up, which means that the people that are hearing the sound closer to the stage from your amp are going to get blown away by a ton of high frequencies, and it's going to sound very shrill and uh, a bit raspy, especially with dirt. So what you really want to do with the 57, so you really want to put it to you know something like that, and then adjust it on the speaker to where you think sounds good, and um, yeah, that's, uh, that's the way to use a 57 for the best results. There's also the question of what that sounds like in a mix, right? So I've got a very simple track set up, just drums, bass. I'll throw a guitar using the different miking situations that I explained. Uh, it'll kind of give you a feel for what the audience is going to hear if they're not right next to the amp, of course. And uh, if you're doing any sort of recording from the board, it's going to be probably something similar to it, but it'll kind of give you an idea of one guitar, bass, drums, and uh, how that miking technique changes things. What I'm using is a modified metal zone. I just modified it. I kind of followed it. It's a very odd modification, but I kind of took like the uh, full tone OCD schematic, uh, changed everything on the inside of that metal zone to look a lot like the full tone OCD distortion part of it and then just kept the EQ on the metal zone. So it's a cool little mod, it's a fun little pedal. I'm not changing the settings at all. I am just simply keeping it just like it is and moving the mic. So let's look at the pedal settings real quick. Now for this next part, I have, I'm playing the same exact thing, same tracks, same settings on the metal, modified metal zone. Uh, nothing's changed except I'm using the Sennheiser E609, now draped over the front of the amp. Again, I just put it as best as I could because it's, you know, hanging from a cable, you can't get that precise with it. Let's see what that sounds like by itself with the track.
All right, so here's the 57 pointed right at the speaker. Uh, common placement for gigging guitarists everywhere. Again, didn't, I didn't spend a lot of time moving mics. I just kind of stuck it on what looked sort of somewhat decent. Let's play the song with this same setup. Again, same everything, just a different microphone and the 57 pointed at the speaker. Alright, so on this clip, uh, I'm actually using the ribbon of 57 and a little bit of room mic as well, uh, just to create a slight bit of ambience. This is what this is what would be like my ideal setup if I could. Now, obviously, you're not going to get a room set up in a club or anywhere like that, so it's just barely thrown in just a little bit for fun. This would be like how I would love to run something in a club if I could, if at all possible. So let's do it. So that was assuming that's just like guitar, drums, and bass, right? A trio. What if you have another guitar player? Now you have to fit in with that guitar player. The guitar is a mid-range instrument, so um, you got to kind of keep that in mind. And if, if the other guitar player is a little brighter, maybe you need to be a little bit lower in the register. Not necessarily like, uh, you know, playing a different chord or anything, of course. But as far as sound goes, if he's playing an AC-15 or AC-30, uh, you may not want all that chimey and sparkle because then it might just be overpowering and too much. It's something that would contrast in a good way. So with that said, I kept that last track I did. I'm going to pan that a little bit, uh, assuming it's another guitar player acting like it. And then I'll add another track playing sort of the same thing. I'm going to play the same basic chords, but in a lower position. Uh, that's going to get sort of a bigger overall sound. You'll see. It, it's a really cool effect whenever you're playing with another guitar player. Now, of course... Keep in mind that you can't always do that. Sometimes a song calls for two guitar players playing the exact same thing. Uh, but there's other times that it just doesn't. So it's a good way to sort of expand the, the guitar sound overall, trying, trying to think of it as one, one entity, uh, not two different people like fighting for their moment in the spotlight, right? Because this is art. You are creating art of some sort, in my opinion. Uh, so let's, uh, let's check that out real quick. Which brings me to the next thing, uh, scooping the mids. I, I, I've seen it a million times. In fact, I saw it just the other day. And uh, I understand, I totally get where the players are coming from who love to scoop the mids, because it sounds great when you're like in your bedroom or you're just practicing. You scoop out some of the mids, boost some of that bottom end, it gets all thumpy and it just sounds massive, right? And that's that's awesome, that's fun to do. Uh, but whenever you're in the context of the band, your bass is fighting with the bass drum and the bass player. The highs are fighting with cymbals and everything else and, and vocals um, to an extent. So I'll do an example of what happens whenever one guy is scooping the mids like crazy compared to another guitar player, the other guitar player in the band who's not scooping the mids. And we'll see that it, dis dis uh, it disappears completely in the mix. Easy for me to say. 
And the next thing I notice a lot that um, a lot of guitar players, and I've, I've been one of these as well, or you, you just don't think about it, but uh, tuning is so critically important. And it's so easy for the guitar to get knocked out of tune, especially if you're bounced around and maybe you bump into a cymbal or guy next to you or whatever, you know, whatever, whatever happens. You set your guitar down between songs and you forget to tune and it sounds just uh, not nearly as good as what it could be. Uh, so I'll demonstrate that as well again right now. Uh, so one channel will be the track we've been using and then uh, the new track on the right side will be, uh, I'll be slightly out of tune. I'll just bump my keys around a little bit. And uh, before I go, so here's, here's a little tip that I like to use, and you probably know this, it's probably not, not that much of a secret, but uh, while the singer is like bantering on stage and you know, just doing his thing or her thing, if it's a girl singer, um, you know, entertaining the crowd, that's the time that I'll like, I'll hit my tuner real quick and I'll just tune up like between each song if I can get away with it. So that's what I like to do. Let's go do it. Probably one of the last things I can recall just off the top of my head uh, that I've noticed that people in other bands, not every band, but some bands like we were talking about, um, and that's when you're a guitar player, of course, uh, you're up in the heat of the moment and you're just, you know, ripping off this shredding lick or whatever. And that's great if to the other guitar players in the audience who are usually in the corner with their arms folded, um, that's like that's awesome. They're the ones that think that's cool. Uh, the crowd really would like for you to play the song and play something that fits around the song. Uh, so it's kind of like um, you know, it's it's, it's uh, if you're just an innocent bystander, if you're just someone that's interested in the band and not necessarily like what type of strings you're playing, uh, you know, just a typical person watching your band play. Uh, generally, um, then I think there's really a lot to be said for just playing playing the right thing for the song. And sometimes it's a simple melody. Sometimes that's that's phrasing your guitar solo like a melody where it builds up. And John Mayer actually, uh, uh, I saw something he did on like Snapchat or something where he was explaining this, uh, where he he literally is kind of building it up to a, a, a sort of a climactic point and I think that's a that's a great thing to do and and not to overplay so if you're playing a ballad uh, not in this day and age you generally aren't going to do sweeping shredding licks all over the place um, not usually you can if you want to it's your band your gig but uh, as someone that watches bands something I noticed and thank you so much for listening to the Chasing Tone podcast I really appreciate it if you have any comments or questions, make sure you email podcast at wamplerpedals.com. I'd be glad to talk to you. Thanks so much for listening, and we'll talk to you next week.